Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Rachel Lipman. Today, we go behind the headlines to talk recreational marijuana in Illinois. Earlier this week, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker signed legislation that will soon make recreational marijuana legal in the state. The law takes effect January 1, 2020, and makes Illinois the 11th state to allow recreational use of the drug. If you have a question about Illinois' recreational marijuana program, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can tweet us at STL on air, find us on Facebook, or send an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org. Joining me on the phone to help answer your questions and to discuss Illinois' route to legalization and what it all means is WTTW Chicago Tonight correspondent Amanda Vinicky. Amanda, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Give us a Reader's Digest of version of what the law does. How much are people going to be able to have, where they can get it, limits on when it can be used? Take us through a little bit of this. All right. So first of all, actually, it was I, I want to add that it was interesting, and perhaps we can get to this later. When Governor J.B. Pritzker signed the measure on Tuesday, you wouldn't have gotten any of those answers at the bill signing ceremony and press conference. Really, what he and the other legislators who stood on stage and celebrated, I mean, this was a long press conference, I think 10 people talked, they really highlighted what they say the social equity and justice justice components of this new law, what it does in terms of particularly expunging records of people who were arrested or convicted of low-level drug possession crimes. So we can get back to that later, just sort of an interesting tidbit there, because really that, I think, is partially what helped this pass, as you have seen other states, even those that are run by Democrats, as this is seen as really a Democratic-driven initiative. And in Illinois, you had uh, one or two Republicans get behind it, but it really was in this case as well. But what happened here in Illinois that allowed it to be passed that you haven't seen, for example, in places like New York, where it was thought that this was going to be an easy deal. Um, In terms of what it means, though, for people who are just wanting to know, hey, I'm curious as to what my options are if I'm somebody that wants to look to trying out marijuana, I'm already a user, and while it's decriminalized in Illinois, have kind of held off or I'm fearful, what does it mean when it is fully legal? It means that, again, though the law actually takes effect immediately, the, the important part for folks, again, that, that smoking and use and purchasing is not effect until the first of the year. And you're going to have people be able to get 30 grams if you are an Illinois resident of the cannabis flower, those classic buds. If you're an out-of-state resident, so coming in for, from Missouri to Illinois, you will legally be able to possess half of that. So and 15 to, grams for those our Missouri listeners here. That's what you'll be able to get. You got it. Mm-hmm. Of the of the bud flower. Of course, that kind of changes if you're going to get it. And all these other applications and varieties that you can get cannabis, whether it be a, you know, a tincture, a vape, what have you. But when you're talking buds, that is what it is. And you're going to have to buy that in order to, you know, be following the law, getting legal, not from anybody or everybody from a licensed marijuana dispensary. Right now we have uh, about, we, we have a bunch of those scattered throughout the state because Illinois currently has a medical marijuana program. Those will be the first stores that are really online. 
And in case there is a sudden influx of people, and of course there is a lot of excitement for this measure, medical marijuana patients under this law do still get priority. So if everything is bought up, you're going to need one of those medical cards in order to buy product versus the quote-unquote recreational users. Is there any provision in there for home grow? Can people grow and use their own legally now? Not unless you are, again, one of these licensed, approved by the state medical patients. So if you have one of the approved diseases that is um, has been, again, part of Illinois' medical marijuana program, no, another new law that hasn't been signed yet, but it, it, Pritzker will do so. We'll add to that list and also marijuana in Illinois can be used as an opioid alternative, so as a pain medication that is less addictive than opioids. Unless you have are one of those individuals, no, you cannot grow cannabis at home. That was something that law enforcement groups really lobbied hard on because they said it would be difficult for them to enforce, and they thought that that would really lead to a you know, a, a, an illegal market of sellers were that to be part of the law. So one of the compromises in terms of getting it over the finish line. Are there limits on where this can be used? Are there going to be places where you can go and use this as you would go and get a drink at a bar or maybe smoke a hookah, for example? Yeah, it, it seems like, again, this is all still very new, and you're going to need state approval for a lot of these opportunities. You're not going to be able to, you know, light up a joint at a public park or on a train. If you are staying in a hotel, that hotel may say, no, of course, smoking isn't allowed at a lot of places. I know I actually visited Denver not all that long ago, and there were signs at a lot of restaurants and bars that said absolutely no marijuana use here. But then met a woman who talked about um, a hotel that this is part of a business that she had with her husband where they had, you know, certain rooms and would do tours to take you to places where it was allowed. So you're not going to be able to do this generally in public, but we could see pop up sort of marijuana cafes, like you mentioned, something akin to what you have right now in terms of hookah joints now. One of the big things that gets discussed a lot when uh, there's talk of legalizing marijuana is you can tax it, you can regulate it, you can bring in some income from this. How much money is the state expecting to raise from this program? You'll see more money up front because any business that wants to be a part of this, either growing or selling marijuana is going to need to have a state license to do so. So they're going to pay some pretty hefty upfront fees. And that's where you'll you'll see sort of a surge initially. But then, of course, this is going to be taxed by the state. And there are also provisions that allow for local sales taxation. Therefore, it's still also kind of early, I guess, and I'm not sure how much trust there is really in any of these revenue estimates. I will say that the governor had campaigned on bringing, I think, something like $100 million, and instead that is definitely, or yeah, from $800 million, that is to a billion dollars a year in taxes, instead that has gone down significantly. The estimates are thinking that in the first year, just from the sales tax component, it'll be something like $58 million because it'll only be for really, once it starts, that'll be half of the state fiscal year. But they think that 
within five years or so, as the program ramps up and this is more popular, that it'll bring in something like a half billion dollars annually. And that for the state of Illinois could be a lot. I know there's been some pretty tough budget woes and a lot of pension issues. Is it earmarked for anything specific? Oh, definitely. That was, as I had initially talked about and how this was able to pass in terms of getting folks on board that might have been more wary is that the the argument is that the the war on drugs hasn't worked and particularly that it has been targeted at minorities. The governor points to studies, for example, one from the ACLU of Illinois that found usage rates are about the same no matter what your ethnicity, but that it was primarily um, black and brown people and that were getting caught, that were seeing their lives upended after being convicted of possession or selling drugs, and so uh, particularly marijuana is what we're talking about here, obviously. And so um, the money that is raised by this is going to be going back into those communities, by and large. There will be some of the money is dedicated also to substance abuse and uh, substance abuse and to mental health. There will be uh, about eight percent of the revenue that's going back into law enforcement will be sent to municipalities, and so that police can do uh, whatever it is, investing perhaps in new technology if and when there is something that is like a breathalyzer that can test whether people have enough THC in their system that would cause them to be impaired when they're behind the wheel. But uh, the, uh, really the, the majority of it, the bulk of it, is going to be going back into communities that have, as the law describes, been disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. If you have a question for WTTW's Amanda Vinicky about Illinois' recreational marijuana program, give us a call at 314-382-8255, 382-TALK. Send us a tweet to at STL on air or send us an email to talk at stlpublicradio.org. Amanda, one of the other things that gets discussed a lot in this conversation about equity is the expungement of records for people who had been caught previously with amounts that are now going to be legal under this law. What is the process for dealing with that? I think it's something like 800,000 people could be eligible for expungements under this. Yeah, and actually, so there's a pretty complicated process that I I will just say lays out different avenues depending on what someone has been convicted of. If you were merely arrested but not convicted and that's on your record, that's going to be fairly easy and presumably quick to wipe out. Um, Interestingly, the measure... It deals with one area for what will become legal, that 30 grams or under. Somebody was convicted of possessing that the, as much as will be legal come January 1. But it goes above and beyond that. And so people that were in possession of more than that um, for up to 500 grams are still going to be eligible. Part of that could be up to a local state's attorney. So The presumption is that where I'm at in Chicago, where you have the state's attorney of Cook County, Kim Fox, who was instrumental in negotiating particularly this component of the legislation, she could move to essentially get all of those records cleared right away. And again, this is only for 
possession charges. If you have somebody that was convicted of, say, both marijuana possession, but also any other sort of um, crime that could potentially be classified as violent, that won't count. Both of those will stay no matter what. But the state's attorney could essentially move to get those all cleared in one fell swoop. The presumption is that there are going to be in some of the more conservative areas of Illinois, state attorneys won't choose to go that option, won't choose that route. In that case, individuals could petition the courts to have their own records cleared as well. And again, there's going to be money from the revenue that is going to be dedicated to trying to help those people out and going to organizations, legal aid clinics that will help people that want to to do that, but again, are going to have to self-initiate. Kathy in Sunset Hills, Missouri, has a question about how this is going to interact with employment. Kathy, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I work in healthcare, and you know, unlike alcohol, uh, which is metabolized fairly quickly and out of your system after a matter of hours, um, marijuana lingers and can be detected by a test even as, as much as 30 days after use, is my understanding. So when use becomes legal in the state of Illinois, how is that going to affect users who, who will retain that in their blood system and would test positive um, if tested at work? Will the employers be... I guess, will it be their decision as to whether or not they're going to permit that among their employees? Kathy, that's an excellent question. Amanda, has that been worked out? Is that laid out in the law at all? That definitely was contemplated in the law. Initially, you had the primary work or employers organization, the Chamber of Commerce, that was wary, and initially they were opposed to legalization ultimately ended up going neutral on the bill. And that is because of, again, what, some of what was negotiated, including that employers are allowed to maintain a zero tolerance policy in their workplaces. So if a employer, Kathy, you're the hospital or whatever healthcare organization, I'm sorry, I missed that, you work for presumably goes that route or chooses to go that route, they will be able to do so regardless of the law. Um, there are still, of course, concerns from some employers in terms of productivity. There are concerns. I know I've speak, uh, spoken with business owners um, that are worried about their about what it means for them if a worker is perhaps you know uh, it's not just healthcare, but maybe a, a delivery driver or a manufacturer that's on the factory floor and what that means in terms of safety. And that's where again, uh, employers are. Are concerned, but per the negotiations, they are they, they ultimately got in the law the ability to have zero tolerance policies. Kathy, thank you for a question. That's a good one, Amanda. In the few minutes that we have left, you made a lot of the fact that a lot of the money that will be raised by this is going back into the communities that were affected the most by this. Is there anything being done to kind of ensure equity within these communities for access to the business? end of this. Very much so, Rachel. You touched on it. Uh, Again, this was something that got particularly a lot of the black legislators on board with the measure because, again, they 
say that, you know, their, their constituents, their communities have been most affected when people were convicted and then able to, not even able to get a job. The, sort of the reverse is true here. While previously you might have lost an opportunity by having a drug possession uh, record, uh, instead, this measure gives extra points, really, to individuals that were convicted of possession, they can, in applying for one of those state licenses that I mentioned earlier to grow or to sell, there's a craft growers component as well. Um, if They'll get extra points if they reside in one of these disproportionately impacted communities or have in their past been hurt, essentially, by the zero tolerance for marijuana possession. And so, yes, they, they will be given a leg up. Uh, there's still some concern. Individuals believe that instead, um, you know, one of the critics, critics that I talked to said it's going to be a multi-billion dollar industry, and they believe still a bunch of, you know, old white wealthy guys, perhaps some that don't live in Illinois, are going to be the ones that are really making a buck off of it. The legislation backers say contemplates making sure that there is going to be a diversity in the people who are going to be part of the business side there. And if what is proposed in the law now to try and give those populations, like I said, that sort of certain leg up, if that doesn't work, they will take a step back, wait for a study to be done and figuring out how they can go about that and improve. I'm sure you and all of the other Illinois-based reporters and our reporters here will be covering this as it goes forward. Amanda Vinicky, the WTTW Chicago Tonight correspondent, thank you for joining us today. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU.